if you're looking at Bitcoin as an investment uh, asset, uh, I think regulation is actually positive because it's going to take certain regulation, whether it's regulation I personally agree with or not, uh, to open up uh, certain aspects of the financial market, such as ETFs, uh, you know, various uh, funds. Uh, and we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars that just simply cannot invest directly into Bitcoin. On this episode of Early Bird, Alexander Loris, analyst for quantum economics and editor-in-chief for cryptocurrency news website, The Latest Block. Alexander stops by to share his insights on the rapid adoption of cryptocurrency, potential regulations, and offers advice for new crypto investors. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Alexander, thank you so much for joining us today on Early Bird. Great to be here. Thank you. So uh, tell the audience a little bit about what you're involved with. With. I know that you're an analyst for quantum economics and you focus on NFTs and crypto. And you also earlier this year uh, started a website called The Latest Block, where you're the editor in chief. And The Latest Block curates news about cryptocurrency. So uh, go and tell the audience what that's all about. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, great. So I became involved. I learned about Bitcoin around 2017. I quickly became a Bitcoin and crypto investor. And I've done well with that, managed to, uh, you know, make some mistakes, learn some lessons, but I've pretty much had about a 4X portfolio. Then I decided to get serious about getting into crypto uh, at the beginning of the year this year and started a blog on Medium in February. And then I started my own website, uh, thelatestblock.com, which is a curated crypto news. And it, it links with my blog. And then I joined around the same time quantum economics as their NFT analyst, as well as general crypto analysis. And we provide, you know, paid analysis as well as more detailed financial management. Uh, so we've been looking at markets pretty closely. And, and yeah, I spend, uh, spend any free time, you know, learning more and uh, sometimes teaching. That's, that's really cool. I guess... You mentioned this a little bit, but what got you into the whole crypto scene a few years ago? I'd say that throughout my life, I was always very fascinated with uh, math and computers. And, uh, you know, I really started taking a deeper look at economics, uh, macroeconomics. And uh, those all seemed to unite with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. 
And uh, it was just pretty exciting. And of course, I, I came in at the beginning of a bull market. So you could say I came for the money and stayed for the technology. But uh, literally every day, I just want to learn more. It just fascinates me and what what potentials this technology has, what use cases this technology has, you know, and so on. It, it must be really fascinating from your perspective. You've been in this industry for a few years now. And recently, especially in the past year or two, cryptocurrency has become more mainstream. I mean, how does it feel to be sort of um, the early bird in cryptocurrency before cryptocurrency became this mainstream? Well, it's an interesting feeling because obviously it does, uh, it does feel rewarding because, you know, when you first jump in, you know you you're taking a risk as an early bird, right? So when you, you get in, it definitely validates you for your correct decision. At the same time, looking on a broader view, I still feel that we're early. And when you always look back, you're like, wow, you know, I, I could, uh, I wish I knew about Bitcoin when it was X price. You know, I think people will be saying that for the next 10 years. So I still think that we're early and uh, there'll definitely be ups and downs. You know, I don't think it's going to be straight up or something silly like that. Any legitimate market has its bull markets and its bear markets. But I think that we're still early. And I just think it's very exciting right now. You know, it's like you just showed up in San Francisco and you found some gold and you're 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 hanging out there, you know, like in the 1840s. Right. I guess that's crypto right now. Uh, yeah, pretty very, much. Very exciting. Um, but there are certainly some challenges on the horizon as we kind of take a look at the trends in cryptocurrency. Uh, one of those trends that certainly a lot of investors have noticed have been is that governments in the US and abroad are starting to crack down on cryptocurrency. What, what do you make of that? Well, it's interesting when that, that happened, you know, the recent, or back in, uh, what, uh, end of July, beginning of August, there was all this talk about the infrastructure bill and some pretty negative wording that uh, was put in, but, Look, in the long term, if you're looking at Bitcoin as an investment uh, asset, uh, I think regulation is actually positive because it's going to take certain regulation, whether it's regulation I personally agree with or not, uh, to open up uh, certain aspects of the financial market, such as ETFs, uh, you know, various uh, funds. Uh, and we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars that just simply cannot invest directly into Bitcoin. Hmm. They can invest in certain things such as you know, the grayscale Bitcoin trust. But uh, I think the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, has made it very clear that uh, you know regulation uh, is a major step towards uh, Bitcoin moving forward. There's some of the original you know, Bitcoin OGs from 2013 and earlier that have a more anarchist or libertarian-leaning uh, view or, you know, even liberal view, and they may not agree with that. However, um, if you're looking at Bitcoin as a, a worldwide, uh, you know, uh, asset, a worldwide reserve currency, regulation's a step on the way, and it's, it's a step that is being taken. We're going in that direction. And as another positive, it became very clear that crypto uh, – and the innovation side of it was very strongly supported by the American people. And I think uh, it's one of the few issues that Democrats and Republicans are learning is a bipartisan issue. And it's not a it's not a left or right thing. Most people on the left and right are strongly supportive of it. And it's it's something that 
any politician is going to think twice before they uh, cross the cryptocurrency community because uh, they're going to lose support if they do, whether they're on the left or the right. It's really a a broadly supported bipartisan issue at this point. Mm, You're right. It does have broad support. You mentioned SEC Chairman Gary Gensler. I, I remember in the crypto community, there was such enthusiasm when he stepped into the role because of his background in blockchain. But it seems right now that he's become somewhat of the antagonist of the crypto community. Is, is that what you're seeing? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. I'm a skeptic myself when he came on board. Um, you know, the current administration, I'm not going to get into my opinions about it, but one of their goals was to increase taxes. Um, so I felt their uh, gesture of support for cryptocurrency markets was more of, a, you know, a, a gesture to collect taxes, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a skeptic, I, I kind of felt it was too good to be true. Um, with what's happened so far, it does appear Gary Gensler is pro-Bitcoin, uh, very much so, and openly praised Satoshi Nakamoto and, and Bitcoin uh, and has made very negative comments about, uh, well, Ripple the most and and somewhat negative comments about Ethereum implying that it could be viewed as a security uh, and could be under the scope of the SEC. I don't think his comments are final and I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth, but yeah, the, he definitely has a negative view towards much of the crypto space and a positive view for Bitcoin and some of it, I think. So Hmm. I think it's a benefit that he's not, he's not particularly an ally, but he taught uh, a course on blockchain at at MIT. He knows about the subject. He's not attacking it from, uh, from fear or from um, a complete lack of knowledge as some others politicians might be doing. Uh, he, He actually does know about it. And so uh, that's a plus, but he knows about it does not mean the same thing as uh, he's going to pass or push in legislation that we're all excited about. Mm, I see that. And certainly the legislation and different regulations that might come about, it's certainly going to impact crypto. On, on a global scale, there have been a few countries, namely China, that have really cracked down on cryptocurrency. It goes beyond just regulation, so almost banning to a degree what what impact would the all these global ramifications be on uh, on cryptocurrency well i think the beauty of it is that you know you, you still have uh you know nations are separate from each other right that mm. there's the european union is pretty much united but other than that you can always go to a different country um you know and i think that's uh that getting in my political views, I think it will cause short-term uh, a shock. Uh, China was the biggest shock. I don't think other countries really had much of a negative impact. Uh, when Nigeria attempted to ban cryptocurrency, the price of Bitcoin uh, was basically selling at a 40% premium in local Nigerian exchanges because it was illegal. So um, people were paying you know, $15,000, $20,000 more for Bitcoin uh, than everyone else in the world. So the fact that it was banned caused them to desire it more. Uh, so I don't think any, you know, it's borderless. So there's no country that's going to end Bitcoin. That's impossible. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, the, the current U.S. administration's 
pretty much leaving Bitcoin alone while being more antagonistic to decentralized finance and other parts of cryptocurrencies that they, they know it's too big to be, to be, you know, they can't ignore it. They can't destroy it. So they're going to have to join it and uh, put some of their assets into it and preserve their money by investing into it. Like many individuals are and, and smarter countries are like Ukraine, uh, even Iran has, has done some for that. Uh, so I think it was a big mistake by China. I think their strategy was to push their central bank digital currency, the digital yuan, as the global reserve currency to replace the U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. where a lot of the crypto community would rather see Bitcoin replace the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. I think that's a, it's another talk for another time. But <laughs> long run, I think short-term shocks, but long run, uh, Bitcoin is a lot of... Uh, room to run. I think uh, there's something like 2.4 million Bitcoin on exchanges as of uh, late August. Mm. And uh, there's almost 8 billion people and several hundred countries and tens of thousands of companies traded on public stock markets. So there's a lot of room to grow. Crypto has certainly gone mainstream in the past year. When we return, We'll hear from Alexander about the correlation between crypto and the stock market and how investors can get started in crypto. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through EarlyBird, a free daily email newsletter. EarlyBird has commentary about the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With EarlyBird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Alexander, when we look at the trends right now in cryptocurrency, especially ones that investors should be aware of, there seems to be some type of correlation between crypto investments and uh, the stock market. What have you noticed? Well, there is a tremendous influx of retail investors since uh, kind of started with the COVID lockdowns in the United States in March 2020, and then that extended with a lot of people working from home. So there's a bit of a view of more time, more boredom, and people wanted to get uh, into more interesting things. And Robinhood provided a great venue for that, for somewhat gamifying uh, investments, um, as well as really um you know the the this is followed by you know a number of stimulus checks as well as having more uh benefits the current interest rates in, in north america and europe benefit investors and borrowers and penalize savers so there's a lot of incentive to take those extra savings that americans have been holding since really back to the last recession in 2008 americans have increased their savings tremendously so even though there's a, a bit of a crunch, a lot of people are suffering with certain financial conditions. At the same time, there's a lot of people with a good chunk of savings and that savings current situation with inflation and so on is better spent invested. So that happens. Bitcoin goes from 8,000 to 30,000 last year. It, it kind of uh, opened some eyes and people start rethinking their strategy. And I think that opened up a lot of, uh, older money, you know, generation X really, mm-hmm. uh, geriatric millennials like myself and even, uh, boomers, you know, a number of 
people in their 60s and 70s and are quite avid investors into uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum from a retirement perspective and looking at having a 10-year plan where money is going to their kids and paying for college and so on that they think is best put into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, also, at the same time, a lot of the Gen Zers that are, you know, becoming adults, you know, from the ages of really uh, 18, 20, 21 now, right, mm-hmm. have been heavily uh, involved, really more involved in investing than any other generation between Reddit, TikTok, Robinhood, and uh, social media, uh, Dogecoin, other meme coins, uh, a lot of the younger generation are, are getting into investing and both from a gamified standpoint, like they're bored, they want something to do, but also from a point of view of that they're really uh, paying attention to the world of finance and economics and they're becoming more aware that uh, it's an investor's world right now. It's definitely not a saver's world. So they're incentivized to learn about personal finance, about investing in cryptocurrency, and they're already in a digital frame of mind, you know, so digital money makes sense. Absolutely. It makes total sense, especially here in the U.S., given all those factors that you mentioned. Looking abroad, when you look at emerging markets, there you've also seen a rapid crypto adoption as well, right? It's absolutely huge, yeah. I mentioned Nigeria earlier. Um, you know, that the, they just came out with the uh, top 10 um, countries of uh, of adoption mode except for the united states every single one was an emerging market i think the u.s placed at seven but there's a number of factors of hyperinflation so you're looking at lebanon right which, which isn't even in the top 10 but there's an active community you know their currency even compared to the u.s dollar has been devalued by 90 percent in the last two years or less than two years so Imagine you have a hundred thousand life savings in the bank. Now it's worth ten thousand dollars just a year and a half later. And there's wow. currency. Yeah, there's border controls. You can't just send your money out of the country. You can't wire unless you have U.S. dollars. Uh, you're basically your money's gone. The banks all went bankrupt. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, you you can't put gold in a backpack and take it across the border. They'll stop you at the border. So. You're dealing with a situation, if you stored your money in Bitcoin, even 10% of it, you'd have the same amount of 10, 20%, you'd be safe. You know, if if you put all your money in Bitcoin, you know, it's appreciated, you know, five times in that uh, span of time. So you're looking at that, a number of countries, Ethiopia, uh, Togo in Africa, uh, Kenya, very big peer-to-peer marketplaces. Mm -hmm. We have in some of these emerging markets, while they don't have the infrastructure that we do in this country with landline phones and certain things, they've kind of skipped that step and everyone's got a cell phone. They don't have a desktop computer, but they got a, they got a smartphone and they're, they got cell phone towers. So most of, of the people that country are more, you know, and many of them don't even have banks, but they have, they have payment apps. So to, to set up remission, uh, sorry, remittances uh, for people that, come to the U.S. or Europe or other countries that, you know, and they work to make money, send it back to their family. Cryptocurrency makes a lot of sense. And where you have some countries like uh, the tragedy in Afghanistan right now, where the the currency is essentially collapsed with Taliban um, taking over and then the United States and the the IMF, International Monetary Fund, have essentially frozen the government's money because 
they're not recognizing the Taliban as the government. They're just taking that money. So the, the local uh, currencies collapse. So if you have Bitcoin, you can exchange in Bitcoin. It's, we look at it as volatile, but to somebody whose currency just can drop, you know, 50% in a couple of days, uh, it's extremely stable mm. and it's increasing in value. So countries like that have a very strong use case. And, you know, we're looking at, if you look at Latin America, Africa, and parts of Asia, even outside of China, we're looking at billions and billions of people. You know, just North America and Europe is still a pretty small slice of the global population. You know, it's it maybe 20% or so, right? So um, India, even though there was talk of a ban, you know, we're talking 1.4 billion people that, how many crypto users are from India? I'm sure a lot. Good point. Um, so when you look at all those trends um, that we've kind of gone over here, what advice would you have to um, new investors to cryptocurrency? What, what, what would be the best piece of advice that you would offer to them? I'd say twofold. One, you know, funny enough, I'm going to quote Warren Buffett, who's very critical of, of cryptocurrency because he doesn't understand it. And he's, you know, he's good at what he knows what to do. And that's fine. But he says, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. If someone's walking into the market now, just like they were in, in April, you know, you got the up only memes and people think they're going to become a trillionaire overnight. And, you know, traditional S&P 500 returns of 15% a year aren't what they're looking for. People are disappointed if it only went up 15% this week. Um, that's time to be careful. Um you know, and really put in money that you're you're willing to lose. Uh, at the same time, in the same market, uh, I think Bitcoin is is underestimated because, it, funny enough as that sounds, we have 10,000, 11,000 cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, you know, doubles in, in a few months and then some other small coin goes up by 10,000%. That smaller coin is still less stable and likely to drop back down where it was. So I'd say if you're new, and that's that. And the second thing is to um, get educated, learn more about what it is you're investing into. You know, I'll say that probably 90% of the projects out there are garbage, whether they're a scam or they're just a poorly organized token without, you know, a strong team or strong security on the programming, right? But I still think at that 10%, you're going to have the diamonds that are going to change the world, just like the internet of the mid 90s. Mm. So you're going to have, um, gonna add that. So I would start with putting a little money into Bitcoin. Let it sit there for a while. Don't don't try to don't don't get disappointed that you don't triple your returns in, in a week. Uh, you know, put some money into Bitcoin that you can afford to lose. Set it aside. Uh, I would view Bitcoin and as well as you know Ethereum really as as 10, 10 year investments, retirement fund type investments. It's good to just have some and hold on to it. Let it appreciate. Uh, I'm not saying that speculating is bad or you can't get 100x returns, but you have to know what you're doing. And I would start with something a little less exciting at first. A lot of investors want that quick rush, but I would start with putting some money into Bitcoin, watch it, you know, get some, get some Ethereum, let it sit there. Don't try to time it every five minutes uh, and, and observe and learn and start with that. And if you got a little money, you're really okay with throwing away. Uh, I would wait for the the I would wait for the market to dip, make it look like everything's crashing and no one's interested in cryptocurrency, 
and put 500 bucks in some little coin that, uh, you know, you want to speculate, put something like that, that no one wants to touch. And then when everyone wants to touch it, you, you got in early. That's the trick, you know, mm. many of those times it doesn't work, but if you really want to go hundred X, you're going to have to pick something, not when it's hot, not when it just went up 10 times, you know? Mm, absolutely. Uh, not that we're giving actual investment advice. This is just yeah. for educational yeah. <laughs> purposes. Um, so Alexander, one, one final question. This is sort of the big question of the interview. Yeah. Um, and it's personal. Um, if you could have a time machine and go back in time anywhere you want in history, uh, what, where would you go? Or rather, when, what time period would you go to? That's awesome. You know, I've had, I've had some dreams, you know. Um, I guess if I only had one stop, um, going, going too far back wouldn't work because, you know, I, I want to have, have this youthful uh, life here. So I guess I'd pick uh, somewhere around uh, when Coinbase first started to probably, what, 2013. Mm-hmm. You can get in too early in Bitcoin, then uh, all the Mount Gox uh, happens, so you could lost your Bitcoin anyway. But I, I get, I'd show up around 2013 and uh, 2014 and uh, just start buying some Bitcoin and uh, buy Ethereum at the pre-sale and uh, mine Bitcoin from about then, and then uh, we'd have some fun. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you again to alexander loris for sharing your insights on cryptocurrency and thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion we'll be back next week for another episode of early bird have a great day mm-hmm.